0: Well, I was glad to have this uh, opportunity uh, to introduce myself um, and by presenting to you the other transplant field that I've been uh, working in, and also uh, some of the projects that I've been doing and or plan to do with colleagues at uh, Columbia. Showing, oops, sorry. <laughs> showing here are uh, uh, some of the uh, isolated pancreatic islet cells. And so each one of them, as you all know, is a c- cluster of uh, thousands of cells that are important for maintaining uh, glucose home- homeostasis. And uh, allogenic islet cell transplantation is emerging as a curative treatment for a small subgroup of uh, Taiwan diabetic patients who have uh, one or more of these conditions, uh, even under intensive instrument therapy and care. So for uh, today's talk, um, for those of you who are not familiar with the uh, uh, clinical transplantation, I thought I would give uh, a brief overview of of the field and including the uh, procedure. The procedures involved and progress made over the years, and and some of the recent outcomes, and and hopefully I have time to talk about some of the projects uh, that uh, that we are doing to try to improve the outcome of transplantation, including uh, in tolerance induction uh, in, in, uh, approaches to improve uh, either engraftment or regeneration. Um, so. Uh, uh, the as a uh, beta cell replacement therapy, the islet cells uh, is process for transplantation are considered as drugs, so there are some um, unique uh, regulatory uh, uh, issues associated with uh, pro- the process. And so, currently, islet transplantation is uh, considered experimental, and it must be conducted under IND or uh, biological license applications, and in the the process is carried out carried out, uh, in in the cgnp facility uh, following s- uh, certain guidelines to uh all this is to ensure uh, uh, pr- uh, ensure product safety and quality uh, I, there's uh, several steps, many steps actually involved in the islet iso pro- production process. Uh, it's a long te- and tedious uh, procedure. It t- normally takes about six uh, to eight hours, and it could happen any time, uh, any day. Um, the pancreas procurement and pres- preservation are key steps uh, in uh, ensuring uh, successful um, islet isolation. Um, uh, the warm ischemia time needs to be short, um, shorter than 10 minutes, and the h- organ is better harvested by uh, an experienced uh, team of uh, uh, surgeons, and and needs to be preserved uh, in the uh, standard uh, cold uh, preservation solution. And the cold ischemia time sh- uh, shouldn't be, actually uh, the shorter the better, um, shouldn't be longer than 12 hours, and. So the pancreas, uh, the pancreatic duct will be cannulated, and the digestion enzymes, uh, collagenase and neutral proteins, will be perfused, and, and the digestion would take place. Uh, uh, will be carried out, uh, out under 37 degrees. Uh, normally, it takes uh, um, eight to fifteen minutes. Um, this is a critical step of the dig- uh, of the isolation, mm-hmm. and. Um, the islets, uh, are the digestive tissue will be washed, and islets will be purified, separated uh, from the uh, rest of the pancreatic tissues uh, by density gradient purification. And if, if the uh, number of islets are high enough to, uh, for transplantation, then the islets will be cultured for 36 to 72 hours prior to uh, transplantation. Here, so purify eyelids are visible and transplantation day of transplantation there's a lot of uh, steps uh, involved as well and the important thing is to uh, make sure that the eyelids uh, meet the release criteria including um, the the number, purity, and also the endotoxin and sterility test will be run to make sure uh, that it's safe to transplant the uh, cells to patients, and the potency as uh, indicated by glucose-stimulated insulin release as well as uh, uh, viability will be uh, uh, examined uh, prior to transplantation. Um, And transplantation is uh, done in the uh, in uh, IR, um, it's uh, performed by, gravi- by gravity um, infusion into the uh, main portal main system uh, through percutaneous transhepatic trans- catheterization under uh, fluoroscopic or ultrasound guidance. And the portal pressure will be monitored. Heparin is infused together with uh, uh, the islets to uh, prevent coagulation (coughs) or prevent uh, immediate uh, blood-mediated inflammatory reactions. And the patients uh, normally uh, uh, stay in the hospital for two to three days. uh, So you can tell this is a much less invasive procedure than the whole pancreas transplantation for for treating uh, type 1 diabetes. Diabetic patients. Um, so the there's a, uh, the new era um, in islet transplantation started in 2000 when the uh, uh, Edmonton group uh, uh, published a, a one year success rate of 100% in seven um, islet alone transplant patients, and so that generated a lot of uh, enthusiasm. Uh, as uh, reflected by the number of eyelet uh, centers uh, established, uh, and also the number of uh, transplant case- cases uh, uh, performed, and some centers uh, had better results than the others. Um, there are different protocols, procedures uh, involved, and as some some so with the with the T cell depleting induction immunotherapy, it's found that the uh, the graft function can last longer. Um, so, uh, in 2004, uh, the uh, multi-center trial, um, uh, the Clinical Islet Transplantation cons- Consortium, was uh, initiated by uh, two NIH structures, and the goal was uh, really to look at two things: uh, well, it's to, it's to look at uh, uh, innovative treatments uh, that, like new. Uh, isolation protocols or immunosuppressive treatment protocols um, to I- improve uh, eyelid, um, transplant outcome. Um, another is to uh, obtain licensure for the ILEP product through a phase uh, three trial, which was um, um, established uh, mimicking uh, the uh, state of art isolation isolation. And, or you mean, and immune, uh suppression protocols. Mm-hmm. So this this is what um, all came together to uh, capitalize uh, on the progress made in the early two thousands, uh, as mentioned <coughs> before, and and to establish a standard standard procedures for manufacturing, patient care, and and and, and selection. Um, so, because at that time, as I said, the uh, pro- different pro- procedures were uh, were used, so the results were not really comparable. Um, so, and 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 the goal of this uh, uh, construction was to define uh, and also um, pre- present uh, beneficial. Um, uh, Outcomes of either trans- transplantation for treating type 1 diabetes. The primary uh, endpoint um, is, uh, is uh, um, to see if there's a reduction in the patient's uh, hemoglobin A1C level and also uh, free of uh, s- severe hypoglycemic events uh, uh, during the first year of uh, uh, transplant. Um, and then it, it, it was uh, also to um, uh, uh, get guidance from NIH and, and FDA to see how we can apply for biological license uh, to, for manufacture the islets so that the procedure, uh, transplant procedure can be in, integrated into the US healthcare system and, and be in, reimbursed by um, uh, insurance companies. Um, So there are certain inclusion and exclusion criteria for uh, patient selection. Um, So the exclusion, so the inclusion would be like confirmed type one diabetes for five years and with uh, um, unstable diabetes and especially with uh, uh, hypoglycemia awareness. And and the exclusion criteria include uh, overweight uh, patients and also if they are, uh, they're positive for uh, uh, PIA. Um, and the center tri- uh, immunosuppression protocol is shown here. Basically, these it's patients will receive a short uh, uh, T cell depletion induction treatment and together with anti uh, uh, tnf And the maintenance uh, is uh, uh, by Ser- Serotonomas and tacrolimus. Uh, so the the CIT uh, um, trial, the, clinical, the phase three trial is still ongoing. So there's no re- report uh, results being reported yet. Uh, but recently, uh, CETA, the the collaborative uh, transplant registry uh, um, collected and analyzed data from 677 other uh, transplant recipients uh, in North America and Europe and, and Australia, and, um, and pre- reported uh, the uh, primary efficacy and safety on this on this uh, reci- uh, transplant transplant recipients, and and, and compared the outcomes. Uh, between uh, transplants down at different uh, period, uh, periods of time, um, as, as shown here, are the uh, rates of insulin independence um, uh, over over years after the patients uh, receive their last infusion, um, and you can see that in the early uh, era. Um, there's about 51% of patients who become insulin-free for the, during the first year uh, after they receive either transplant, and but the the rate declined to 27% by year three. Um, in contrast, in recent years, uh, this uh, 60 more than 60% of patients were insulin-free in year one, and then 44% like year three. So there's a significant improvement in the well function over time. If you look back at that figure and look at the slopes from the start to the third year, is that actually been changed? It looks like it has. It has, yeah. In other words, is it clear that all the improvement just doesn't come from better sort of initial implantation of the eyelid as opposed to its survival? You know what I mean? You, you mean the so if you to take compare the slope the, uh-huh. from year one to year three in those three panels? Mm-hmm. The question is: Is the slope actually improving? it, it is improving. It, it's a uh, uh, less steep. And but if you come uh, categorize them by the induction sir you know, induction therapy, you can see that the patients who receive. Uh, uh, the T-cell depletion treatment um, actually have a much better uh, long-term graft survival. Um, by, s- by year five there could be still like 62% of the patients are still uh, free of uh, exogenous uh, insulin. Uh, this, is, uh, this number is uh, close to what uh, has been achieved by uh, pancreas transplantation. So it's, Comparable. Um, and other p- parameters uh, uh, that they, the paper analyzed, including the C peptide and the reduction of hemoglobin A1C and also resolution of severe hypoglycemia, uh, they all show improved uh, uh, enduring long term effects. Um, so um, there's uh, not much. Uh, uh, adverse events and the reinfusion rates have been dropped. And there's also improved uh, fasting blood glucose uh, uh, stabilization. I want to show you here uh, two um, samples from patients in Northwestern and their glucose uh, levels before other before transplant and after other transplant. So you can see before the transplant, the, the glucose levels could be. Um, fluctuates a lot uh, anywhere, and it's much better uh, controlled after the infusion and the patients most of the patients are really thrilled uh, uh, by the outcomes and, and the, the improved life quality that they experienced after the transplant and they would uh, write, write, write to us and say so this one was saying that. Um, so he was going sailing alone, and it's probably the first year, the first time in five years that he had uh, sailed by himself. Because um, hypoglycemia, uh, unaware, um, unawareness could be life-threatening, so sometimes they that limits their uh, what they can do. And 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 this person said um, three weeks after receiving my second. With self transplant, I became insulin free for the first time since August um, 1956. So, these are very encouraging and rewarding um, news. (laughs) And and, uh, the conclusion uh, of the CETA report was that. uh, pilot transplantation offers uh, substantial protection from severe hypoglycemic episodes and high rates of uh, freedom from exogenous insulin requirements in a minimally invasive setting. And but there's still uh, a lot of uh, limitations in the um, trans- associated with islet transplantation. Um, Uh, Unstable um, isolation outcomes uh, due to variations in experience and uh, organs contribute to the uh, shortage of uh, organ. uh, And also, um, there's an estimated 50 to 70 percent of uh, islet uh, graft loss during the initial grafting period due to immediate blood mediated inflammatory response. just uh, uh, innate, uh, non-specific uh, inflammatory responses. Um, and uh, the long-term graft function still is, uh, suffers from chronic rejection and, and uh, suboptimal revascularization and absence of uh, re Drug toxicity, being either being in the portal vein, um, exposed to them to uh, expose them to higher levels of uh, immunosuppressive drugs, which could be diabetogenic and glucose toxicity, and then of course the patients are uh, uh, associated; uh, they are exposed to, to risks associated with um, uh, immunosuppression. So there's a uh, clearly there's a need for um, t- uh, you know, tolerance. Uh, uh, In the field. And so there are um, many opportunities uh, uh, that we we can um, uh, work on to improve uh, the other transplant outcomes. And I would like to um, talk about our uh, plan to induce uh, transplant tolerance. And, and also the work we have been doing to uh, improve other uh, engulfments, as, as well as regeneration in the uh, rest of my talk. Um, so the uh, priority at CCTI, uh, one of the priorities is to um, uh, establish a, um, mixed hematopoietic comparison for tolerance induction in a non human primate other transplantation model. So, by working together with immunologists at CCTI and also um, a group of um, very talented and hardworking um, surgeons and scientists uh, in, in, in the large animal team at CCTI, um, uh, under the guidance of Dr. Megan Sykes, we are developing a new strategy for hopefully that we can we will be able to achieve durable mixed comparison in non-human primates um, the 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 plan is to is actually uh, the model that we are the whole protocol we are establishing is actually based on a protocol that has been developed by dr. Sykes and her colleagues at MCH and i think she was here to I uh, gave t- a talk on that subject earlier this year, so I won't get, go into details of that uh, model. I just they briefly mentioned that um, they have been able to uh, show success with uh, uh, combined kidney. So the protocol is a, uh, it's a less toxic, um, uh, partial T cell depletion, non um, um protocol. Um, but this protocol allows uh, um, kidney and, and bone marrow transplant to, uh, uh, to, and to uh, so, uh, survive for a long time in um, large animals and patients. It, but the chimerism was actually transient, the, and, and it's um, speculated that kidney itself plays an important role in promoting tolerance. So if um, but not every organ is uh, as uh, tolerogenic as a uh, uh, kidney, And so it's very likely that the chimerism wouldn't, the transient chimerism wouldn't work for other type of organ or cell transplantation, and so a durable chimerism would be needed, and that's what, what we are trying to develop, and and based on some uh, data from the. Uh, patients and animals, and it seems like T regulatory cells are involved in, in this uh, 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 prolonged tolerance uh, of uh, transplanted kidney. Uh, uh, Therefore, uh, we, will ask the, we will hypothesize that by uh, adding t- expanded uh, recipient T-rex, we promote durable uh, mixed comparison in Monkeys. And we have some preliminary data showing that we are uh, able to uh, expand the uh, recipient T Rex in vivo, in vitro. Um, And uh, when we infuse the expanded T Rex back to the um, recipient, um, there's a a uh, um, long-lasting multi lineage chimerism establishment, which can last for uh, a, a year, uh, without Treg infusion, with uh, in this protocol, with only bone marrow transplant, the chimerism is would be shorter, like for one to three weeks, I think. Um, and in this. Uh, t infused animals, um, the kidney transplanted uh, like uh, four months after the bone marrow transplant was accepted uh, for a prolonged period of time. And, and the controlled kidneys, without t that if received only bone marrow transplant, were rejected. So strongly suggesting that t infusion uh, is can promote uh, uh, du- durable tolerance. And so our plan is to um, um, work on this model and to refine it and also um, uh, at the same time establish a diabetes and other trans- transplantation model so we can achieve tolerance to other allografts to- from the same allogenic. Uh, uh, non-human primary donor that provide the, the bone marrow cells. I'm going go into the detail of the procedure uh, due to time. Um, so, but, And I think uh, Dr. Sykes also, her study also showed that uh, mixed uh, hematoprimaracin um, can lead to not only tolerance, tolerance to donor islets, but also can reverse the autoimmune risk process. So if this is uh, uh, established in patients, then um, more type 1 diabetic patients can benefit from the allo cell therapy. And also, um, it can ensure that the disease will now recur in the uh, donor violence. So next, I would like to uh, talk about um, our, our approach in um, Improving uh, other environment, in our temp. Um, Sorry, the so anti-inflamm inflammation uh, would have has been shown to uh, such as uh, uh, given other uh, doing doing other transplant, give give the recipients insulin or heparin treatment, or give them TNF block blocker or interleukin one receptor antagonist would improve other environment, enhance the function of the transplanted cells. Um, and both um, uh, NF-kappa, uh, both uh, TNF-Alpha and uh, interleukin-1, they, they uh, act on uh, NF-kappa-B signaling pathway in the cells. So our approach was to uh, try to modulate uh, donor other cell gene expression um, so that they will become resistant to the pro-inflammatory cytokines' uh, detrimental e- effect. Um, so, so uh, during isolation, um, eyelids uh, experience a lot of stress, and when they are transplanted into liver, um, there is trauma involved, and then it will generate a strong pro-inflammatory reaction to the cells. And and both the islets and the liver cells would, um, would produce uh, pro-inflammatory cytokines. And as I mentioned before, then they would um, signal uh, activate uh, beta cell B, which would induce expression of uh, iNOS and some cytokines, chemokines, and proactotic genes that would be detrimental to the beta cells and result in loss of graph mass and inferior graph function. Um, Here is a uh, section showing that uh, uh, 30 minutes after the islet transplant infusion into the portal system, there is activation of uh, NFA-B, and we we hypothesize that if you inhibit NFA-B activity in beta cells, we can protect them. From the detrimental effect of the cytokines, and so we uh, generated um, a transgenic mouse line that would uh, have uh, induced uh, expression, overexpression of uh, an inhibitor, a mutant, uh, mutated inhibitor of Nf-carb-B. Um and so the control and the transgenic islets exposed, were exposed to cytokines, there's a, a significantly less amount of uh, activation of Nf-cobab B in the transgenic islets. And when we transplanted the control and the transgenic islets uh, um, to a diabetic um, mouse model with a, a marginal islet mass, we can see that uh, the control islets uh, would take a lot longer than the transgenic islets to reverse, to, to normalize blood glucose levels, uh, indicating uh, that the transgenic islets with um, inhibited and covered B function, um, uh, fun- they, they survive or, and function better in vivo, and more animals will be c- cured in this group as well. Um, and so to make this approach uh, more uh, applicable in human situations, so we t- try to develop uh, an approach to uh, use uh, sr uh, RNA to, uh, to inhibit NF kappa B activation. Um, we we did this uh, uh, by collaborating with uh, uh, invest- investigators at the Institute of uh, Bio Technology at Northwestern. Um, basically um, so they can make this kind of uh, gold nanoparticles and and conjugate it with uh, short uh, trains of uh, audible nuclear acids. And this kind of conjugate can add as a single entity uh, for, for transfection and gene regulation. And showing here is the efficiency of this uh, Conjugate that can introduce the nuclear acid into other cells at a much uh, much lower concentration than the ones without the uh, nanoparticle, and and the the transfection can actually I mean the the uh, conjugate can actually penetrate into the inner core of the eyelids. That's very difficult to achieve. So this it. This is uh, very efficient in this regard, um, so especially useful for other gene um, modulation. Mm-hmm. And the so TEM shows that the, the conjugates are inside of the cells. And when we use um, sRNA uh, targeting uh, IKK beta, which is a critical enzyme um, in the pathway of uh, NF-caba B activation, we um, can see that the SRNA uh, efficiently inhibited the expression of uh, IKK beta um, for um, a period of at uh, least four days. And some of the NF-caba B regulated uh, genes in the islet, uh, in the islets that were uh, treated with a uh, different uh, with the control of the TAC, uh, IKK as it um, showed there's an uh, inhibition of uh, iNOS, uh, uh, some chemokines and fats, uh, um, in the cells that were exposed to um, this uh, con- conjugate uh, when when cytokine, when cytokine was present. Um, and also consistently, the. All the cell viability, as, uh, as indicated by my mitochondrial um, integrity staining, shows that the uh, the cells uh, transfected with uh, the SI RNA and, uh, IKK beta uh, had a better uh, viability and uh, the beta cell viability. Um, and again, uh, in this uh, in vivo function uh, model, uh, when we transplanted marginal mass uh, of islets uh, into diabetic uh, mice, the um, the sirna beta treated islets uh, um, had a much uh, uh, better efficacy in terms of. Uh, uh, curing diabetes in mice. So, uh, so pre conditioning eyelids in culture with uh, this uh, nanoparticle could be a uh, promising potential therapy to enhance uh, islets' function and survival post transplant. And the uh, uh, gold nanoparticle RNA approach represents the who represents the next generation of nucleic acid-based uh, therapeutic regions. And so next I would like to talk a little bit about uh, our studies of uh, the regeneration potential of uh, mouse and human islet beta cells after transplant. Um, so it's known that glucose is a strong mitogen for uh, mouse islet beta cells. And we gen- so we established this uh, double islet double double transplant and hyperglycemia induction model. Um, so basically, the, the uh, uh, mice will be treated with, it will be induced uh, to diabetic uh, SDC treatment. And then they will first be transplanted with a 200 uh, islets that would uh, correct uh, uh hyperglycemia. And then, so a the second group of uh, eyelets, uh, which is 15, ranging from 15 to 35 eyelets, will be transplanted under kidney capsule. Um, in this case, shown here is uh, the these eyelets are uh, labeled with luciferase, tagged with uh, luciferase, and so we can visualize it. Um, so after about a month, uh, when the, the transplanted eyelets are well in graft, very um, vascularized. Uh, we removed uh, uh, the first transplanted islets. So because this, this is marginal um, islet mass in the second transplant, so they are not able to maintain bloc- mouse blood glucose levels. So the mouse will re- become hyperglycemia. And, and BRDU is, uh, is given to mice in drinking water label proliferation Mm -hmm. and just wanted to show that with a different amount of islets which transplanted we were able to achieve different uh, degrees or different severities of uh, hyperglycemia for and we can monitor the effect of uh, hyperglycemia on the remaining uh, small number of islets uh, over time Um, for as long as um, three weeks. And we can, so here is it uh, shows that from outside beta cells, uh, we have a lot of uh, uh, beta cells that are positive for BRDO uh, labeling under hypoglycemia. And we, we look at the time, time course um, like sub day seven um, seven days after the hypoglycemia induction and 21 days after the glycemia induction. And so there's a significant amount of beta cells that were possible for BRDU incorporation and, and also compare the aging effect on the uh, regeneration potential of the beta cells. So islets in this group, um, islets were isolated from very old mice two-year-old mice and they were then transplanted and, and exposed to hypoglycemia. You can see that there's a significant amount of BRDO incorporation to those um, uh, old islets as well. And and the preparation was um, also verified, confirmed by KI67 uh, staining. Uh, young eyelids no under normal glycemia there's no uh, positive thing of Ki67, but uh, when they were exposed to hypoglycemia at day 7 and day 21, both of them show positive uh, 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 Ki67 insulin cells. Um, and same similar situation with uh, aged biographs. And. So, showing here is the percentage of uh, total beta cells express, expressing KI67 uh, at uh, uh, day 7 and day 21. Um, and you can see, so here, uh, the young islets, about 5% of the cells were positive for KI67. And slightly less in the age islets, but there's no statistic difference between the two similar situation at day 21, but uh, at later stage, in prolonged exposure to hyperglycemia actually there's a decline in their uh, replication frequency. Um, and this is the uh, BRDO labeling like total of seven days, uh, you can see there's 50% of the cells uh, were positive and beta cells, and by day 21 you can there's a 70% roughly, 70% of the cells will pass the yeah The So it would be nice if uh, human islets can also uh, have this uh, regeneration potential. So we look at uh, um, human islets eyelid, uh, uh, from uh, five donors um, of uh, random age, gender, and, and body weight, um, and we transplant them to mice and. And expose them to hyperglycemia in a similar setting as uh, the mouse study. And so, normal under seven days labeling labeling of BrdU under normal glycemia, there's no positive um, BrdU cells in the in the graft. Under hyperglycemia, uh, there's a lot of BrdU positive cells, um, but some of them actually are not uh, beta uh, beta cells. Um, But even though there are still some beta cells, uh, the insulin positive cells that are possible for either Ki67 or BRDU staining in the human graphs that were exposed to hypoglycemia. So prolonged stimulation, I mean, for some data from three weeks and also even three months, You can see that compared to the um, uh, mouse cells, the human beta cells are, there are not that many of them are positive for BRDO labeling. But glucagon cells stain white in this case. Actually, relatively morbid alpha cells are positive. Um, So, this is a study that uh, we hope to continue. um in, at at Columbia. And so uh, so we can to so this is the conclusion I just mentioned. Um, of course there's a uh, other potential pathways of beta cell regeneration should be investigated. And in the future there's some other areas of uh future development in the eye transplantation field because of donor shortage so Zeno uh, would be considered and of they will have a stronger immunity but tolerance probably can um, um, eliminate uh, that problem tolerance induction and uh, IPC uh, it's it's and can can be uh, induced to to become other cells, hopefully. But there may be issues of autoimmunity. Again, uh, uh, self-tolerance will be important for this kind of uh, uh, approach. And ILEC encapsulation is still an uh, active uh, uh, research area. Uh, uh, Hypoxia is uh, the main problem associated with this approach but there are researchers um, working on oxygen generators and hope, so hopefully eyelids can survive better when they are ingraft and also protected by the encapsulation. So um, so eyelid transplantation not, not only can uh, cure diabetes but also provides many op- opportunities uh, for study of the cells and to make them better, and also uh, provides a a platform for us to study um, other more powerful uh, cell transplantation in the horizon. Uh, And I would just like to uh, acknowledge that uh, at Northwestern, Dr. Dixon Kaufman was the director of the eyelid transplantation program, and he was my boss and and long-term collaborator and Jonathan Rink was a graduate student and who did a lot of the golden uh, particle mm-hmm. studies. And Mac Dunn was a medical student uh, summer time spent the summer uh, with me and did a lot of the human eye studies. And all these people contributed uh, a lot to the establishment of the human eye isolation uh, program. Uh, they worked very hard. For many years, uh, so um, and at CCTI, um, again, this, um, I'm very fortunate fortunate to be um, working with uh, uh, a number of uh, excellent investigators, and I hope that we'll be able uh, to uh, achieve tolerance in in transportation. transplantation. Okay, thank you very much. Questions from the audience. Why do you think that some tissues, or what is the mechanism by which some tissues, like kidney, are more, as you say, tolerogenic than others? And might that difference be exploited in some ways to improve transplant success? Yeah, I think um, Megan's group uh, uh, has done some work to explore that. And I think uh, T regulatory cells present there at least one of the mechanisms. Well, uh, um, so I'm not that familiar with the that are in the tissue itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, for the patients who receive a uh, transplant of five years, that have established chronic projections. So, has anyone of them received second transplantation? Um, most of the time, the patients will receive a second transplant um, at the fir- during the first year of they received the f- first transplant. At five years, um, I do not know any cases like that. Um, and I guess the, idea, uh, the the thought is that uh, the more infusion you give to the patient, the more sensitized they may become to uh, allogenic donor cells. Any questions from the side of the office? any <laughs> questions together from this side. okay so um, as I've said Jan is um, actively looking for collaborators people that are interested in transplanting AIDS, rodents and uh, human pilot studies monkey studies so in uh, you know order to find her now thanks and welcome again Thank you.